Carolina Hurricanes proved tonight that they belong in this series. And first, thank you to Bruce Springsteen letting me uh, abuse his native state with his music. But also, before we get into anything, I want to talk about how there was takes before this series started that Carolina might not win a game, that they could get swept. And that's not just New York media or Jersey media or whatever. There was people local to Raleigh, people who regularly cover the Hurricanes, who were like, oh, yeah, Carolina could, Carolina could get swept. Which was insane. An insane take. And the Hurricanes proved tonight, they proved it all night tonight, that they belong in the second round, and that they have a chance to defeat the New Jersey Devils and advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. We're going to hear from the head coach. We're going to talk about Game 1 action. Obviously, here are a couple of the goals. Without further ado, let's get into it. Roll the thing. 9,393 days of frustration. And on the 9394th day of NHL existence, the Carolina Hurricanes have won the Stanley Cup. Welcome to Home Ice Advantage. With historical perspectives, modern-day deep dives, special guests, and a healthy mix of good, bad, and or hot takes, this is the best place for you to learn about your Carolina home games. I just want to say thank you, and I'm looking forward to this challenge. It's an honor, and I think we're going to do great things. The Carolina Hurricanes take Game 1 in the second round against the New Jersey Devils, 5-1. to one. And honestly, of course we're going to talk about it, but this was Carolina's defensive shutdown. We talked about it last episode, that there will be at least one defensive shutdown for Carolina, and there will be at least one offensive blowout for the Devils. It's going to happen. And Carolina could not have written a better Game 1. That first period was something else. It was textbook. It was anything and everything Rod Brennamore could have dreamt of. New Jersey didn't record their first shot on goal into, until almost 10 minutes into the period, and it was just a random shot. They tried to get a puck into the zone. Fred Anderson plays it, counts as a shot on net. Legitimately. They didn't get their second shot on net until the second period. But we're not going to get there just yet. I want to talk about the lineup tonight, the lines that Rod Brindamore went with, because they're the exact same lines he finished Game 6 against the Islanders with. The fourth line, or the Ajo line, whatever you want to call it, was Nason, Ajo, Jarvis. KK's line was Marna, KK, and Faust, switching KK for Stahl. Stahl's line was Stahl, Drury, and Natchez, and Stastny finished out the bunch with Stepan and Pugliarvi on his side. All of those lines with the ability to score. All of those lines with the ability to grind. That is a well-balanced lineup, everyone. And that's what Rod Brennamore worked with. And the f- score of the game tells me it was a great decision. Again, that first period was textbook, including their first goal right off the draw. And I'll tell you something before I play the clip. I try really hard to find a clip that like, you can hear the buildup of the play. 
But ultimately, there was nothing like that for this goal. This is legitimately all I could find that was usable. Keynes. Oh, off the face-off, they score! Before ESPN's play-by-play man could even call out, oh, Keynes win the face-off, it's, oh, well, it's one nothing. Just a great call if you're in Carolina and not a great call if you're in Newark. The Garden State was not a fan. But I did jump ahead just a little bit because I wanted to talk about the first penalty of this game against Brent Barnes for tripping, which just straight up was not tripping. Kevin Baugh, well, let me explain what was happening. New Jersey was coming into the zone, trying to create an opportunity. Barnes gets down on the ice to block a shot, and Ball has to lift his skate slightly to get over Barnes, but no contact is made. And then when trying to settle his skate back on the ice, long after Barnes, he doesn't catch his balance and falls to the ice. Not a trip. Bad call. Ultimately, the officials, or whatever in this game, know things weren't amazing, but when are they ever I will touch on a missed call. Well, not even a missed call. Something that ESPN thought was a missed call later on. But we move on. Shortly after Brett Pesci makes it one nothing with a great shot from atop the dots, Seth Jarvis decides, oh, wait a minute. I am a Banff. And if you don't know what that is, look it up, but not on your work computer. I'm a Banff, and I've decided that I want to show up in this series right now. Face off one by New Jersey. It went back to Graves. Then Jarvis got a stick on it. Played it up the wall. And here he comes. Seth Jarvis scores! New Jersey wins the face off. And because Carolina's Carolina, they don't give up on the play. And... Seth Jarvis is able to collect it, I don't know, maybe five feet above the right face-off dot in front of Freddie Anderson. He actually throws it out of the zone, but then because he's Speedy Gonzalez, he goes, grabs it again, and then carries it all the way up the ice to New Jersey's defensive zone and beats Schmid to make it a 2 nothing game. The first period comes to a close. Carolina keeps their 2-0 lead. New Jersey only has one shot on net. And again, it was a nothing shot on net. And they go into the second period, has to be full of confidence, right? You've, they've heard a lot about how fast New Jersey is. And New Jersey is fast. They've heard a lot about how easy it is for New Jersey to score. And that's very true. Yet, they end the first period two goals ahead not allowing more than a single shot on net, and honestly, not allowing anything worth of any type of danger at all on net. Honestly, going into the second period, all you're hoping for is to stay steady, protect your lead, but play smart, and see if you can get a couple more in. And just one minute and 55 seconds into the second period, Jordan Marnuk, who had a great game, and Jesperi Kakanyemi connect to make it 3-0. to zero. So Siegenthaler's allowed to stay in the play here without his helmet on. Now when the play breaks, he's got to leave. And he is now leaving, and they score! Martin Nook put it down low. Coach 
Adeyemi was there for the tip. And it continues. All Carolina. So ultimately, it was a board battle in the you know corner. And Marnuk does knock off single followers bucket. We'll get back to that in a second. Ultimately, it... I mean, there was like five good bounces there between KK, Marnuk, and Foss to be able to get it anywhere near the net. Like, the puck had to bounce their way at least five times. It goes to the front of the net. Marnuk puts a shot on. It gets through. KK's there for the easy tap-in. Canes go up 3 nothing. Right after this, and I mean like literally in response to this goal, New Jersey decides to switch goaltenders, taking Schmid out and replacing him in hopes of giving their team some energy. But before we move on to what happens next in the game, I want to just bring up that ESPN, during the second intermission, spent like a good five minutes on this sequence about how Jordan Marnuk should have been called for knocking off the helmet, which is True, kind of. I mean, he doesn't. He's not ripping it off. He hits the guy, and the helmet goes flying. But I try really, really hard not to badmouth national broadcasters. It's not an easy job. You have to be an expert on thirty-two teams in the league and spend two and a half hours trying to get everything right. It's an impossible challenge that almost no one can do right. But. Doing a second intermission, allowing five minutes of your broadcast just to be like, well, I can't believe this wasn't called, is insane. Just an absolutely insane thing to do. And this is why national broadcasters take so much heat. You cannot do that. Yeah, sure. If you have two players that have played for both teams, go ahead. Let them both be biased. But besides that, they should not be involved in any specific, well, this team is dirty or whatever. And... I respected PK so much. If you go back and listen to the clip, they handed him the opportunity to take a jab at the refs, and he moved past it to then complain about New Jersey not getting enough shots on net. But PK, this entire broadcast, like, well, the Devils the Devils are so good, the Devils are going to win this. Listen, I understand PK is a former Devil. I believe he still lives in the area. But if you're going to be that biased, you should not be a broadcaster in this series. It is not a New Jersey broadcast. It's a national broadcast. And because it's in the second round, Hurricanes fans have no choice but to watch that broadcast. And that's how you behave? It, it, it's not disgraceful. But it's unfortunate. And I think it points to why some hockey fans refuse to watch nationally broadcast games. Even though if there was a lot of speculation in the offseason about how I'm sorry, the preseason, nope, preseason, regular season. I, I'm, I'm walking through them all. Give me a second. Uh, there was a lot of speculation about how the NHL isn't in a good place because viewership fell during the regular season. No, Not as many people are watching TNT and ESPN, although that was kind of expected too because it's not the first seasons. People know what to expect. But in the playoffs so far, the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, viewership was up 17% overall. So, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. After this third goal... New Jersey was able to create some life off of a breakaway that poor defensive... Well, I won't even say poor defensive play by Gostasberry. He had his man marked. He did his job. Set him up at the line. And then Pugliarvi wasn't there when Bastion collects the bucks and enters the zone to have a breakaway straight up on Freddie Anderson. And honestly, it was a breakaway that Freddie Anderson should have been able to stop. But it was... I mean, 26 minutes into the game, and that was the second shot he faced. 
He bit a little bit too soon. It's now a 3-1 game. Nothing to complain about. Carolina has still played a fantastic game. Freddie Anderson still played a fantastic game. Just an unfortunate goal. An unforced error, if you may. Poliorvi not quite being in the right place at the right time. And it's a 3-1 game. Carolina then... I don't want to say loses control of the game because they never truly lost control. But New Jersey definitely took life from that goal and played that way for the rest of the game. And this is what we expect. We don't expect Carolina to dominate and score three goals unanswered. That's not how this series should go. But it happened. And then when Carolina allowed that one goal because of a poor defensive play and Freddie Anderson being rusty from having literally no workload so far into the game. Again, almost halfway into the game, and it was the first real shot he had dealt with all night. 100%. But New Jersey came back to life and actually outshot Carolina in the second period. So in the first period, it, shots were 10-1 to 1 Carolina. Second period, 9-6 to 6 New Jersey. Third period, 8-7 to 7 New Jersey. And Again, Freddie Anderson played well the remainder of the game, and but once you're in that deep of a hole, once Carolina had put them down three goals to nothing, it was over. It just was. You're not going to score three unanswered goals against Carolina to win the game. It's possible, but very, 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 very unlikely. So by the time that halfway through, oh, a little over halfway through the third period, Brady Shea scores to make it 4-1. to one. The game was already over. It was already Carolina's game to lose. Ajo tried to center it. Now he does and they score! Brady Shea! Top corner! 4-1 to one, Carolina with 9.43 to go. That's game, everyone. That's just game. That is the back-breaking goal to New Jersey to tell them, no, you will lose this game by three goals. New Jersey would pull the goalie with a few minutes left, which makes a lot of sense. You would rather lose an overtime game by a lot than a little. There's no harm in it. You might as well see what happens pulling a goalie. Ultimately, Jesper Faust would get the empty net. Because Jordan Marnock and Jordan Stahl did all the work, but, you know, goals are goals, everyone deserves goals. Carolina takes Game 1-5-1, and hopefully they can do a very similar thing in Game 2. Before we go any further, talk about a few final things to get out of here. Of course, we have to head downstairs and hear from the head coach. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. Rob, that, uh, that opening 20 minutes was pretty reminiscent to that Tampa game earlier in the year. I imagine you can't draw it up much better than what your guys did to start this series off. Damn right, that was a master class. That is the definition of Carolina Hurricanes hockey. That is an excellent period, and it's what we're going to do every game to the end of game four. Sir, can you please sit down and let the head coach answer the question? Oh, yeah, yeah. my bad. I got, I got a little excited. My, my, my bad. You, you can go, Rod. You can go. I mean, that was obviously the way you want to do it. Um, you know, I think I heard what they said, but they're coming off an emotional series, seven games against the Rangers, all the hype, and then you had to turn around and come right back at it, and we're sitting, sitting here resting. So 
I was a little bit concerned that maybe the layoff would, I don't know how we were going to respond, but you could see we had a little more legs. And, you know, they got going as the game went on, but that's probably what happened there. So, you know, credit to the guys. We came ready to go. Carolina's blue line was dominant in the regular season. We've been over this many of times. And they didn't really show up in the first round. I think only Barnes was able to score during the first round. The only defenseman with the point, I believe. Don't quote me on this. Uh, and tonight, that definitely changed. You got the goal from Stahl. You got the goal from Pesci. Like, you know, that's something. And Rod addressed the, I guess, resurgence of Carolina's blue line after the game. Yeah, obviously that's the backbone of our group and what makes us special. And, you know, they were involved for sure, both offensively and defensively, and had a lot of opportunities. Um, we, we, we obviously need that. And then because it can't be hockey without speculation about who's going to start in Game 2 or how a goalie performed after a literal 5-1 victory, uh, Rod Brennamore was asked about how Freddie Anderson performed tonight and his decision to start him in this game at all. Well, I think the decisions, like I said, we've got a couple guys we can go with, obviously. They're both playing well. and, and you know, Freddie had a great game to close out the last series. And, you know, again... Talking to Paul, it felt like we can go either way, and but let's keep riding him for at least the start and see how he feels after the game, you know. But he was obviously didn't have to be too good early, but then made some big saves as the game moved on, and you know, kept, you know, just he did what he had to do. I don't know how many times I've said collectively or all together or death scoring or whatever in the first round of the playoffs, but I guarantee you it was a lot. I would put a lot of money on that. It was too many times. But if Carolina continues to move through the playoffs, it's going to be because of depth scoring. It's going to be because the team is collectively scoring. And a good representation of that was tonight's game. Listen to the goal scorers. Brett Pesci, Seth Jarvis, Jesperi Kakanyemi, Brady Shea, and Jesper Faust. You can see a couple of those guys scoring, right? Like, KK played really good towards the end of the season, and he stored the drink on the first half of the season between Natchez and Svechnikov, so you could have seen him score. And Jarvis can put it in the back of the net. He just doesn't do it too often. But Brady Shea, Jesper Faust, Brett Pesci, they haven't been here recently. They haven't been contributing recently, but they were here tonight. Jordan Stahl got two assists tonight. Ajo. Was there Jordan Marnock had two assists? Like, Jesper Faust had two points. Nason had a point. Depth scoring and collectively is how this team is going to move forward. It is the only way this team can move forward. And Rod was asked after the game if he hopes that this team will continue to collectively, I'm sorry, uh, put the biscuit in the basket throughout the game, and from all over the ice. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I think everyone's going to be confident. We, we, I don't think anybody had a poor game. We, 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 you know, 20 guys contributed, which it's we have to have. And listen, we know that New Jersey's going to play better. You know, I know that. And they've got, like I said, after the first period, they they showed what they can do with a very scary team. And for us to win, we're going to have to have everybody contributing like tonight. Okay, we're done with the head coach. Uh, thank you, Rod, for always, I don't know, doing press availabilities that are required by the league. But I want to talk about the power play. I said biscuits in the basket, and 
they didn't score a power play goal tonight, even though they had three chances on the man advantage. But I don't think it looked bad. I think Carolina's power play looked really, really good tonight. I counted five posts hit on the man advantage, and none of them went in. And, you know, I've said it before that I'm really quick to jump down Rod Brennamore's throat when he's like, well, we just didn't get our bounces. And, of course, it's not going to come up tonight in a 5-1 victory. But on the power play, the Carolina just didn't get their bounces. Like, they looked really, really good. They were creating time and space for each other. They were passing to the right position. They were moving the puck, but putting shots on net. It looked really good. And if that continues to be a thing, you can go ahead and pencil in, you know, two, three, four goals through a seven-game series. And if Carolina scores four, five, six, or seven power play goals in this series, it, it's Lawrence. They win. So, something to keep an eye on. I also want to say that I wasn't too surprised to see Freddie Anderson. Anyone who listened to the last episode would know that. It could have been either of them. But I'm not too surprised to see Freddie Anderson because he's the guy, right? Like, when Carolina went out and got Freddie Anderson, it was not to be the backup to Auntie Ranta. Last season, before his injury, he was a Vesna candidate goaltender. That's all real. So, am I shocked to see Freddie, who had a great Game 6, come into Game 1? No. Am I now more than positive that he will start Game 3? I'm sorry, Game 2, after two incredible games in Game 6 and in Game 1? Yeah, absolutely. It's now, much like I said, it's Ronta's net until he does something to come out. It is now Freddie Anderson's net until he does something to get out. They, If he gets like a six-game run here, they'll probably throw Ronta in just to keep him fresh. But they're not going to take him out just because, you know, it's a Wednesday night and he wants to. But also, do not expect Rod Brindamore to say a single word about it because he's having a lot of fun trolling everyone. So I guarantee you, he will not announce the starting goaltender until warm-ups for the rest of the playoffs. That's just a thing. I, I'm i stealing this phrase from Walt Ruff. Let me put that out from the beginning. I don't know if it's his phrase, but he tweeted it and I loved it. Rest versus rust. A big part of this game was that Carolina had several days off and New Jersey played a game seven against the Rangers two days ago. So when that happens, there was always a lot of speculation from the team that had the rest that they're going to come back and be rusty compared to the team that's just in a game seven who just had to play for their season and they're going to fall because that team who just played in this case, New Jersey for their season to continue is, you know, amped up, amped up on the adrenaline, amped up on the I'm going to do anything it takes to win this game, and the team that got to sit isn't going to be. But that is not what today's game was about, because while, yes, the Hurricanes did have several days off, and they even took a day of rest. There was a day where there was no practice, there was no workouts, there wasn't even watching any film, everyone got to spend the day with their families. But every other day, there was practices, they were watching film, they were in the room with Bill Berniston, working on whatever they independently needed to work on. They did not take days off. They did not rest. They prepared. And you could see that in tonight's game. There was no rest. There was a little less tiredness because they didn't get to play a game. So they got an extra foot ahead of an incredibly fast New Jersey team and used it to their advantage. I don't know if it's going to be the same story in Game 2. And ultimately, I, I believe I've talked about it before, that the first two games of a playoff series, there's always going to be more pressure on the home team than the road team. 
because, God forbid, Carolina loses game two, well, now they have to steal a game in New Jersey. And if they don't steal a game in New Jersey, now they're coming back to Raleigh to keep their season alive. There was almost no pressure on the visiting team in the first two games of a playoff series. So we'll see what happens, but I fully expect the Devils to come out swinging in Game 2. And that's where we're going to see if tonight was a fluke, which I don't think it was, or if Carolina can again shut down New Jersey's offense. Maybe not shut down, but limit their chances enough for them to come out of it victorious. Last thing I want to talk about tonight, just because I uh, I saw it, everyone saw it. Uh, there was a fan, the the Hurricanes fan, who sat right behind the Devils bench, photoshopped a photo of Sebastian Ajo uh, over the face of Jack Hughes on his draft day, sitting with his mom, like arm around the shoulder, just a good family photo. And uh, I gotta be honest with you, it's a good one. It's a good one. But we're still going to need you to stop, okay? Yeah, it's good for a good chuckle, but there is a line, right? <laughs> like, what? Uh, I'm good. It's funny, but I still need you to stop. There is a line, and you're you're not miles past it. But you're definitely a couple steps past it. Maybe, maybe save that one for like a Game 7 situation, not a Game 1 situation. Maybe save it for someone like Eric Holla, who's actually disliked by this fan base, rather than... Hughes, who's just like a fun guy to be around. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, you know, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but you should definitely not. Uh, but from there, that's all I have for you today. Please check out our new website, caneshomeice.com. Uh, there was going to be a lot more work done to the site to make it even better than it is today. Unfortunately, it just takes time that I don't have a ton of to spare at the moment. But I am thankful for everyone who has already checked it out, and I'm thankful for anyone who listens to this show. Your guys' support has been incredible through the past two seasons, and I'm on the cusp of taking a very scary and big step forward in covering the Hurricanes, and it's because of people like you who listen to the show. It's because of people like you who shared it with their friends. It's because of people like you who retweet my stupid posts. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you again. That wraps up this episode of Home Ice Advantage. We will be back after game two, which honestly, because the schedule came out so late, I don't remember who it is, but whatever. Uh, Please share the show. Rate it if you haven't already. Go check out Ovius and Gilio, the replacement show for Joe Ovius and Joe Gilio. Uh, It's a YouTube show. It's a podcast. They're great guys. Go show them support. And until next time, go Canes.